It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by TeePublic.com for the t-shirt lovers and the t-shirt designers who like to have fun, laugh, look good, feel comfortable, get good jobs, get sweaty dancing, and go home with someone who also does those things. And we love tpublic.com so much that we created our own store with all of our fun t-shirts and everything on tpublic, including the BGN Radio Store, right now is on sale. $14 for all of the t-shirts that we have on there. Just go to bgnradio.com, click on the store, and everything is there for you. Also, 15 to 25% off right now of all the accessories, mugs, stickers, phone cases, onesies, and a lot more. Just head to tpublic.com or, again, to bgnradio.com and click on the store. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit. TV. You're listening to BGN Radio. Anyone that wants to doubt me, I'm just it just fuels a fire, you know, and um, I'm just ready to prove anybody wrong and um, prove people right to people that believed in me, so I'm ready ready to go. Oh, what's going on? Bleeding Green Nation. It is another BGN Radio daily right here on uh, bgnradio.com and also bleedinggreennation.com. Whether you are listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, or any other app. And if you're on SoundCloud, actually, I should say, click the hearts because I know uh, that's been that's been a question. You can't really subscribe and rate and review via SoundCloud, but you can leave us a bunch of hearts. You can type comments in there. Uh, you can always send us you know, the uh, tweets and emails to Twitter at uh, BGN underscore radio and info at bgnradio.com. It was a uh, it was a very busy day, gang. Very busy day. I am John Barchard hanging out with you because uh, BLG is down in Washington doing uh, some very, very important things with the blog. So uh, I'm taking over his writing duties, his daily. And, and really, I, I might as well just eat as much as he can, and maybe we'll get through that on uh, this episode as well. So we got a lot to get into. Some things did happen. I do want to say uh, to one of our uh, one of our best listeners, James Westfall uh, had a, a baby, and he tweeted at us, and congratulations, because he just has he has a new daughter, which means a new Eagles fan, which means a new BGN radio listener. James, thanks, buddy, and uh, congratulations to you and uh, your wife and or girlfriend 
and or uh, anything else that is that makes a baby. So there you go, uh, James. Congratulations, pal. Um, so let's start with this first because I can't actually believe it happened. Matt Tobin's not here. Not only is he not here, because you would think, okay, he's going to get cut. He got traded. Matt Tobin. Matt Tobin, who I love, from the University of Iowa. Very, very awesome dude. Love talking college football with him in the locker room and Kurt Ferentz and recruiting classes and all that. I can't believe that Matt Tobin, the fourth best tackle slash guard slash center slash utility offensive lineman, got traded in a pick swap and got you 60-plus picks going from the seventh round to the fifth round. Unbelievable. This happens after practice and after the media has left, of course, so we can't ask questions and do any of that. But still, my God, that's amazing. That's an amazing trade for a guy who is 100%, I can say this now, 100% going to get cut. Can't get better than that. I don't know what, and see, like, you know, people might go, wait, don't celebrate and spike the football a little too early on this one and tone down with the Howie praise and whatever. We all remember Dennis Kelly and DGB, and hey, that didn't really work out either, which is true. But at the time, if you're giving up, you know, the uh, a depth tackle to maybe go after a wide receiver that can help your football team, I, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. And, uh, and, it, and it's more like at the time rather than post. I mean, I was one of the ones who said that DGB was not going to work out from the jump because I didn't believe in him. I didn't believe in the fake athlete or whatever. This is a totally different situation. This is getting rid of something to go get something that maybe you can go and draft in the fifth round. And for as much as we talk about, all right, well, the Eagles don't really have right now a day two pick, which is a little scary, but they have three fourth round picks, two fifth round picks, that's a lot of ammo to at least get back into the third if they really want to get there when it comes around to day two. And that's a, that's a long ways to go. But at the same time, you still have picks there. And, you know, not to like give too much credit to Joe Douglas in the gang here, but so far, not too bad with, with some of those stabs either in the fourth round. And Donnell Pumphrey's still kind of a question mark in the air. But if you can get another Matt Collins on this team in the fourth round, then, then great. Or the fifth round, rather, I should say. And later. Uh, and I don't know. We'll see. You know, Because these guys are probably going to need to draft a running back next year. And uh, that kind of puts the ammo to kind of throw some darts at the wall. I, I Regardless of what happens there. Matt Tobin got traded for something. That is impressive. It's amazing. And uh, I much enjoy it. Uh, to the meat of what happened today. Dolphins came down. It was joint practices for the first time. This season, it was, I, I got to tell you, the vibe was a little weird. The vibe was, uh, I don't know, I, I didn't expect that a, a lot of Dolphins fans and wives and friends and all that traveling to Philadelphia, but they were definitely there, uh, and they got frustrated early, and they didn't waste any time. This is what's great about it. This It was almost my favorite day of covering the practices in the camp itself because they didn't waste any time. Normally, we have about 15, 20 minutes and my job when I go down there with BLG is to shoot as much footage as I can, but most of the time it's the same day footage that I shoot every day. It's stretching out. It's special teams that are warming up. It's people on the jugs machine. It's people returning punts. Maybe you're able to sneak in there, the wide receivers doing their drills, the quarterbacks doing their drills before they shut everybody down. That didn't happen today. This was 
Okay, are you guys stretched? Okay, are you guys stretched? Whistle blows, bang, and they go to two fields. Eagles offense versus the Dolphins defense and vice versa on the other field. And you're trying to keep track of, of both things at the same time. And I really wanted to see. The first thing I wanted to see was Ronald Darby just against somebody else. And I know that because we keep like kicking the can with Ronald Darby on how good is he and how how good is he really going to be for this football team, or at least get a sense of that. And a lot of, although we were excited after the the Buffalo Bills game, they're like, all right, it's his former team, and all right, Tyrod Taylor didn't exactly have the best game ever, and Anquan Bolden retired, retired after that game. And you really only have Zay Jones, and then Jordan Matthews wasn't even playing. So the wide receiving core wasn't great. It's his former team. Okay, I'll buy all that. I will, and, and you're probably right. Probably shouldn't take too much stock into it. But you can at least see that he's the best corner on the field, and he showed the same thing almost immediately. His first two assignments were right against Devontae Parker, against Landry Jones. Shut him out. Shut him down. And it's Matt Moore. It's not Jay Cutler. But Matt Moore, uh, during those 11-on-11s, Really struggled to push the ball on that side of the field. They went right to the running game. Dolphins, uh, you know, did a did a really good job of of moving the football, and it was thud, so it's not full tackle, so you can't really completely judge on everything that's going on. And that's on that's true of, of both sides of the football. But uh, very impressive start for the defense, because you know they they kept going, they kept going, and then it stopped, and then they broke for a little bit. They went back to seven on sevens, and that's actually where. I saw the Eagles' defense probably do the best things of the day there. Jay Cutler had to throw five checkdowns in a row. That's with no pressure. Nobody's chasing him. Just had to go to the checkdown. Everything was covered. That was And that was a mix of one and tools, twos. Excuse me. That's Razul Douglas on one side. That was actually Patrick Robinson made, made a couple of good plays during seven-on-sevens. Then when they switched up and they went back down to 11-on-11, 11 11, and that was uh, goal line drills there for a moment. And then they just went back to seven on, oh, excuse me, not 11 on 11s. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. They went to seven on seven goal line, which again, you saw Ronald Darby on display one more time. Same guys, Devontae Parker, done. Jarvis Landry, done. And then there were a couple of times where the Eagles secondary literally just stoned every single one of them. Matt Moore had to roll out twice during that whole scenario. And forced a ton of incompletions. Razul Douglas, pass breakups in the end zone. And then after that, in the second half of those things, the Dolphins got him there too. Uh, Matt Moore threw some really nice balls uh, in between. I think I, I think I wrote down Terrence Brooks, but it was Rodney McLeod and uh, you know Patrick Robinson who's there once again. But some nice catches from Kenny Stills, truest Eagle, who was supposed to be on this team in the back of the end zone for touchdowns. And then you also had. Uh, Devontae Parker, quarter of the end zone. Really nice ball, pretty much over every defender. They they did the best they could, and they still ran and scored and did all those things. So that was it for me. I had to make a decision right there. The vantage point to see the Eagles' offense versus I had to look 80 yards down the field to kind of try and see what was going on with the Eagles' defense. So I made the choice of walking back and going to check out the Eagles' offense for the rest of the day. And there's a lot of other guys over there covering it too. Because, again, best vantage point, and you wanted to see really how good guys, at least I was, I kept ducking down to see who was winning on first steps on the offensive line and their defensive line, and just the all-around battle between the corners and things. Uh, from what you saw through tweets and probably what you read through a lot of the other beat writers and other folks that were down there, didn't end up being the greatest day 
for the defense itself. It sounded like Jay Cutler really tore him up uh, through some of those 11-on-11 drills where they went into they, – they, they basically ran the entire field, stopped, took a five-minute break in between with – you know whether it was just breaking down individual guys. Uh, at one point, they would do special teams in between. But they ran 11-on-11s I think probably about four or five times. So it's a really intense practice, and it was hot, and it's going to be even hotter tomorrow, Tuesday. It's going to be 91 degrees, and we're all going to be sweating down there, enjoying enjoying that as much as possible. But uh, uh, it, it sounded like they got they got uh, all rustled up. Uh, Brandon Graham went down with his peck. Uh, obviously, as you guys know this by now, didn't really seem too serious. Jordan Hicks also taken off. Not a lot of information on that. I think we heard MRI. I don't know. I, the whispers around camp where it didn't sound too serious, take that for what it's worth because I don't really know. I think you should be worried about Jordan Hicks if you have any, haven't heard anything by this time tomorrow or if he's not on the field. Like Then then you need to start probably being like, is Jordan, Jordan Hicks okay? Because he's had a rough offseason. You know, that broken finger, as minor as it is, and it's like, oh, he'll be ready for the preseason. It still sucks. That's banged up. But whatever happened to him, still banged up. And listen, it's a dramatic difference from Jordan Hicks to Najee Good. 1,000%. But I I got into the discussion today after, you know, Matt Tobin got traded, and there was some folks, I think Jason A.A.V., our good friend who uh, (laughs) loses loses his handle on the line all the time. Uh, This is is when people start to get into Michael Kendrick's, and let's just put out a scenario. I'm going to get to the Eagles' offense for a second. I promise I'm not going off topic here or – uh, around all the uh, the crazy spots. I just wanted to mention this, and then we'll move on. But I think when people go, oh, Jordan Hicks is going to be injured, now you have to hold on to Michael Kendricks. He's just too valuable now. Is that really going to change the way the linebacking core looks for 25 or 26, 27% of the snaps, 30% of the snaps when they're not a nickel, which, again, I think they were at 54% of the time last year. Nothing is going to replace Jordan Hicks. Nothing. Because it's not like Michael Kendricks can slide over and play the mic. It's not going to happen. Najee Good's going to be the guy there, and he's serviceable. Serviceable. You know, he's still got – he doesn't have the, quite the giddy-up, and he certainly can't cover like Jordan Hicks. So you're going to be down with that. And then next to him, you got another guy. Can't really cover either. And Michael Kendricks, obviously a more talented player than any will that you could put in and slice up in there. Whether that's going to be, you know, Nate Gary, who's never played the position before, and has played safety at Nebraska, but of course, as you know, if you've listened to me by now, wasn't great at that either, especially covering. But he's got that slobber knocker type, Grugé Hill, who Brandon Lee Gouton, who's has mentioned many times before and mentioned on the WIP program. That's another guy you could kind of fit in there if the right price for Michael Kendrick still exists. I think that's an okay move to make to set you guys up, or set the Eagles up, rather, for the future. It's not that big of a leap. It's probably not going to be here next year anyway. Probably wasn't going to be here this year. Probably wasn't going to be here three years ago. You know, on and on and on we kick the can with Michael Kendricks. If it can get you a mind-blowing deal somehow, you trick somebody, Michael Kendricks for a third-round pick or whatever it is, some type of package. Maybe it's Maybe all of the things that... You know, the rumors that were swirling that Adam Kaplan had put out there about, I'm not so sure if LeGarrette Blunt makes his team, and I wouldn't have said that a week ago. It's a pretty important statement. And we'll get to him in a second, because I don't think that's going to happen now anyway. Unless, that's what I'm saying, if there's a starting running back 
that is or or something like that an RB2 that could be an RB1 that's just stuck behind somebody or whatever I, I can't even think of anything right now but if that deal somehow comes up and it's Michael Kendricks and maybe you got to kick in a fifth or whatever to get that starting running back here you cut LeGarrette Blunt he goes back to New England scores 12 touchdowns makes your fantasy team real happy and it gains you more things on offense to balance that out as much as possible because again at the end of the year you're going to be able to overcome linebacker depth whether Jordan Hicks is here or not. Let's just make that apparent. Jordan Hicks is here. It's it's even easier, and and I'm saying it shouldn't be. There shouldn't be a difference in between there. You worry about linebacker in the next year's draft, and the way you do that is by trading him for something absurd, <laughs> you know. And maybe you get lucky, and and, um, and you never wish for injuries in this league. But if something like that happens, and it happened in Seattle, I mean that's that's a that's I'm that's I'm desperate for somebody that can play a bunch of positions that's not really good at it. We will be willing to swap you sixty picks worth of of <laughs> of value because we need that thing. You still move on from Michael Kendricks if a Matt Tobin type of deal, where you're just like, yeah, that's a no brainer, comes about again because it's not going to change anything. A starting running back to balance something out, a guy that you can really trust. Like there's a no doubt. Okay, this guy's getting the ball on first and second down. Then Smallwood and Sproles. Then we'll throw in whoever. If there's that type of guy out there, you do that because you know it just as well as I do. We're going to be yelling and screaming about how this team can't run the damn football, and that might be because the offensive line too. I've already said that. I think we've checked that one off. As Eagles fans and media, and certainly PFF has, good Lord. But I don't think that that's just a set-in-stone thing, and you don't want a repeat of Carson Wentz throwing 600 times again. You just don't. And I don't know if he's going to get there with this particular group, but I will say, when they started up 11-on-11s, Garrett Blunt came to play today. Garrett Blunt came to play today. And the reason why he had to, and it's, you know, Torrey Smith mentioned this in his post-game uh, uh, interviewing around the scrum, you can't go half-assed against another football team that's got their ones across the field. You just can't. You're going to get killed. You're going to get hurt, and you're going to get injured. And that's where we saw a lot of pop from LeGarrette Blunt today, hitting the holes really hard, like the old LeGarrette Blunt that you were supposed to see through there. And it was different. It was way different. Then, because I was, I was just as guilty of seeing it as as well as everyone. He does look slow, and he did look slow, and he looked slow in the preseason games. And look, it was weird because of the offensive line sets, and that is still one hundred percent true. But I, I still think Legarrette Blunt is going to be on this football team, unless those crazy scenarios that I was talking about happens uh, before that. But keep him on your fantasy team. I can't believe this. James and I were just in a fantasy draft. FYI, side topic lasted to like the. 11th or 12th round out of 16 rounds. It was ridiculous. It was a, it was fantastic value. I, I took him, and I feel good about it. And you should, too, if he gets that low. But I think that between that, we can kind of check that off and be like, all right, probably not going to get cut. Done. Alshon Jeffrey, as you knew from day one, coming into this camp, into OTA's, and when we try to make stories about Alshon Jeffrey's health and his shoulder and what's going on there, 
It obviously doesn't matter now because he's doing 11-on-11s versus a completely different football team that's not his own squad. And guess what, folks? He's making shit hard for that team. Really hard. All day long, Wentz to Jeffrey worked. 10-yard gash, bang. 12-yard gash, bang. Cross the middle, there he is, bang. So for everyone that feels odd about Carson Wentz doesn't have his third down safety valve in Jordan Matthews, there is a 6'3", 218-pound product from South Carolina that is that. He catches everything. Everything. Even on bad Wentz throws, which he had a few today, but overall looked phenomenal. He catches them. Even if they're mistakes, even if they're tips, even if it goes off the defensive end or the the blitzing CB or whatever, he caught everything, everything. And there wasn't a ton of deep shots with Alshon, but he was open across the middle. He was open on slants. He was open on dig roots, comebacks, just so hard to defend. It's nothing new. I'm not telling you anything new. You already knew this coming into it. It's just amazing to see on the field against the ones of the Miami Dolphins. And now to be a little fair here, both defenses really struggled. So it might be the total reverse tomorrow when we take a look at this and maybe all of the defenses shut all the offenses down. And you got to take that with what it is because it is thud. It's not full practice. It's not full tackle. But still, a huge problem against Byron Maxwell. Against, you know, that secondary. Our old friend Nate Allen. Just splitting the defense, making people confused on where they're supposed to be because you have to worry about him no matter where he is on the field. Let's stick with the wide receivers for a moment. Torrey Smith. I don't know if we're going to see old Baltimore Torrey Smith, but he's making it hard for me not to absolutely think that he's there. The speed's still there. He's still getting great separation from guys. And even when he really does it, and it was Wentz's best throw of the day. Back shoulder throw. Wentz kind of threw him open a little bit. Byron Maxwell had safety help. Fitted into that window where safety couldn't get over there. And it was out of reach of Byron Maxwell. And it was right over the back shoulder. Two hands bringing it in, in stride, touchdown. You know, it's just, (laughs) you can't. You got to remember that it's preseason, it's practice, but I I am so blown away because of what was here last year. And now Carson has NFL level wide receiver talent. So much different. These guys aren't, I mean, Torrey Smith is not going to be a superstar. He's not going to break out and have a a thousand yards. And Alshon Jeffrey's not going to have 1,200 yards right next to him. It's not going to be like that. But just on those plays where, Okay, there's at least two guys that are reliable on this football team and a couple waiting in the wings that you can build up to Matt Collins and to be there. I think this is an underrated duo as we're speaking right now. This isn't me getting excited, and it's not me going like, oh, this is going to be the best wide receiving you know, <laughs> core ever. I would probably still still swap out with most of the NFC East with what they have, or at least some parts of it I would definitely swap out after Alshon. But... Uh, you know, I, I think this is an underrated wide receiving core. And I can't believe that people are worried about Jordan Matthews not being here. I'm really, I, really. And, and the reason why, and I'm going to say, and I hate to say it again, because I feel like I'm just jinxing myself. 
Every time we start to pump up Nelson Aguilar, something dumb happens. But I got to tell you, folks, there was so much shake and bake going on in that slot today. Bang, 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 gone. Bang, 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 lost him. Bang, 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 lost him. And you're going to see it throughout the season, too. Now, uh, there was, uh, there was a, a couple of really good plays from the Dolphins' uh, a slot. Xavier Howard, I believe he's in his second year coming in here. The thing, yeah, they drafted him two years ago. Uh, made some really nice plays against. So when when there was a slot guy on there, it made it made things a lot tougher. In fact, I think Xavier Howard had the play of the day because and, and it was Wentz's best throw of the day too. It just fell as an incompletion because Xavier Howard made a phenomenal play on the ball. It was a corner route to the end zone or not the end zone to the sideline on the left hand side of Wentz, left hand uh, sideline. Nelson beat him, and then, you know, he kind of almost threw him open. Like, he threw it well before anybody turned around. It was in a perfect spot, and it hit Nelson Aguilar's hands. He went in and grabbed it. Howard saw it at the last second and just took his fist and pow, as he's falling down to the ground, then got back up and almost intercepted it. It just went uh, slightly out of bounds there. But Nelson Aguilar, every time that he was matched up on a safety, you knew it was a mistake. So whether the Dolphins showed blitz or whatever, and he was still winning against the nickel slots and the nickel CBs. Those are the same thing, dummy, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> it was a problem. It was a problem. So I, I really desperately want to see it in a football game, just as much as you guys do. I know you want to, and I want to see that happen. And if it does, man, oh, man. If we're, ha- if we're seeing a 600-yard Nelson Aguilar in the slot, now it goes from, this is a pretty good wide receiving core, this is a really good wide receiving core. So it, it's going to be interesting as we get ramped up towards the season, and I'm excited to see what kind of wrinkles the Eagles throw in there because it is, it's different. It's different. It's, it can, you can get a lot more creative with Nelson in the slot, and he has to do it. Listen, I'm not saying anything you don't already know. He has to do it. Let's just agree on all that. But if he does, there's a lot of great things that they can do here. And even even you saw it a couple of times where Nelson would start in the slot and then uh, Alshon would be right next to him. Quick motion, they switched that up. Now Alshon's, Alshon's in the slot. Nelson's on the outside. Pick one. You know, those type of matchups are really fun. And then, like always, like we've said for the last couple of years now, oh, shit, where's Darren Sproles? Ah, fuck, there he is. God damn it. <laughs> you know? And there's, listen, there's a little optimism in my voice. and I'm excited. And I, I'm, I'm not asking you to buy in to any of this. But it was a really good day of practice. It's a really good day of practice against guys that they don't go up against. And these are guys that are using their instincts. They don't know what the, they don't, you know, they have no idea what play is coming and they're going to look at tape today and it'll probably be different tomorrow. But for right now, you saw some of the best things that this Eagles offense could potentially do. And let's get into Carson Wentz because I thought it was one of his best days of camp and that's including OTAs, that's including training camp and, and these joint practices here, which duh, there's only been one dummy. So it's not that hard to come to that conclusion. But everything was really sharp today. On target, hitting all of his guys, throwing people open. I mentioned the plays already that have happened. There was only a few times where I thought his timing was really off. 
stayed in the pocket a little too long, fired the ball a little late. It's one that Zach Ertz in particular wasn't the greatest throw ever. It was mistimed. But but I'd like to also point out it was definitely in Zach Ertz's realm of of catching that football. It hit his hand and he dropped it. Thought that was you know, uh, and and again uh, with the quarterbacks too, you know Nick Foles is still Nick Foles. Uh, I was a I was a little perturbed, and I forget to exactly which Dolphin safety it was, but one of the Dolphin safeties took a little liberty on a hospital ball on a deep ball from from Nick Foles today. Popped him, uh, you know, maybe got maybe got the forearm up there as he was coming down. He apologized for it afterwards, and I get that. But uh, you know, Marcus Johnson. I thought Marcus Johnson had a concussion as soon as it happened. So I I predict one that there's going to be a fight tomorrow because. It just seems like it's going that way. And two, I'm going to focus on the defense for sure because I want to know what's going on that side of the ball. But of all the things that we've talked about with the linebacker depth and what's going to go wrong with this football team, and I've even mentioned the offensive line or maybe the running backs or whatever, still the same thing after, what are we in now? Three months of the offseason. All comes back down to Carson Wentz. Can he take that next step in his second year? And... He's making it hard not to think that he can't do it. Making it really hard. Like he is, he's looking sharper and sharper every day. And to Brandon's, you know, point for a very long time, he seems like a gamer. Miami came down. You could tell that throughout the entire squad, too. It just elevated everybody. I was like, all right, we can't, this isn't a slough off practice. This is a let's get ready to go practice. And honestly, I, I like. You know, Bill Belichick, of course, you're going to follow everything that Bill Belichick does. He does joint practices every week of training camp with whatever team they're playing. I think every single organization needs to do that because you can just tell. You can tell right away of what you need to work on, what you don't need to work on. There's no second guessing. Well, there's still second guessing that's going to happen because it's the NFL. You see stuff all the time in practice that doesn't happen in, in, in turnover into games or anything. But you can just you can tell what the guy's skill set is almost instantly once they're ramping things up. And I think the NFL almost needs a mandate. All right, everybody practices together. One week you're at their squad, one week you're down here, and vice versa. Now that would make media folks upset and mad because and the fans because they don't get to see training camp and all that. But I I really don't care. I would much rather this team get ready in joint practices. Forever, because this is my first time experiencing it too, I, and I now I get it. Now I get why why Belichick wants to do it all the time, and why there are a lot of people that just go up against it. Because it is, it's just instincts. It's instincts versus, you know, okay, you're going to do this pre-programmed play. You, you've seen this play that we've run. You know this guy's tendencies. You've been seeing it for two and a half, three weeks. You know what this wide receiver does. Now let's see it against something that you're just you're going to go play football now. It's very interesting, and I hope it keeps going uh, into tomorrow. Overall, I would say the offense did phenomenal, and uh, there wasn't a lot to criticize. Other than, of course, my good friend Chance Wormack, who I, I got to tell you, gang, probably not going to make this football team now. <laughs> I, uh, I, I would assume that Wisniewski is going to be your backup guard and center off the cuff. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because Stoutland's probably going to want to keep him around and work him a little bit more. It takes a lot longer to undo some some a, a lot of really bad habits, but you know, and it's okay. It's the same thing. Like he's okay running the football and run uh, in run blocking schemes. He's okay when it comes to pass protection. He was on skates today. 
couple of times made Nick Foles do his very awkward, unique rollout footsteps, which somehow gets the job done here and here, here and there, I should say. But uh, it also works. looks awkward as hell, and I, I just can't stand it. So, I don't know. I, I think Chance Warmack is, is up in the air, and outside of that, offense didn't do uh, a lot wrong. You saw uh, Halapuli Vitae on uh, taking reps with the ones at left tackle, which I thought was very interesting there for a while. He was playing left and right with the, with the twos and the threes when he was getting mixed in, but when Jason Peters went out, he was the guy that got called up first. And, again, I'm not saying, and you know I've said this a bunch, but I'm not saying that, you know, Lane Johnson can't play left tackle. I'm sure he can. But I am still I still like the idea of if it's one of those younger guys, and we definitely know there's a drop-off between Jason Peters and whoever's going to come behind him, that's, that's, a, that's destined to happen no matter who takes that over. And that might be Dylan Gordon. That might be Big V. That might be some guy that the Eagles haven't drafted yet. But – I, I, I just think having four-fifths of your strength and continuity there is probably better than moving Lane Johnson over and then putting somebody at a weaker spot in right tackle because they're both playing weaker positions at that point. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, it, it was nice to see Big V uh, take, some, uh, take some snaps there. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. If you have any more questions, I'm sure that there are some practice notes on bleedinggreennation.com at some point, and if I made some spelling mistakes, uh, I apologize, I'm not a writer, but there are some notes <laughs> that are there for you, and we'll have more of that for you tomorrow, including another BGN Radio Daily with Teron Davenport and our good friend Barrett Brooks. The Next Level podcast tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on the Facebook Live, and you can check that out. They're also on Mixler, and uh, hear the replay just like you're hearing this bad boy right now. Uh, thanks again for listening. I am John Barchard. This has been the BGN Radio Daily right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Radio.com.